Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kevin Romney. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Thank you, Whitney, for inviting me. It's good to be here. Kevin is the co-founder and principal at Camino Verde Group based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Formed only 18 months ago, the company has purchased three communities in Las Vegas with another under contract in Kentucky, as well as a development deal ongoing in Las Vegas, Utah, and California. Camino Verde Group continues to search for additional value-add acquisitions and development opportunities, as well as JV partners and real estate investors in the multifamily space. Kevin, thank you again for your time. Looking forward to this conversation. I know you all have had some acquisitions recently that you, you know, you've had to be creative about how you found those deals and uh, just looking at diving in a little bit. Give us a little more about beginning this company 18 months ago. What was happening before that and why did this company begin? Well, thank you. So I've uh, been an entrepreneur most of my life, graduated uh, with a degree in accounting and worked for one of the big eight CPA firms that dates me a little bit, but soon found I didn't particularly care for that. And I've been an entrepreneur and owned my own business since. So I've done work in the call center industry. We've built uh, out and uh, built and sold call centers. My latest uh, venture was in the renewable energy space. And I was ready to sell that company. And I was uh, visiting with one of my good friends, Mike Ballard. And I was saying, you know, what am, what am I going to do when I sell this company? And he said, well, look, Mike is a partner in a company that does the back office accounting for about 40,000 units nationwide. And he said, I see how much these apartment communities make. Let's get into the multifamily business. So I said, okay, sure, let's do it. So we partnered up. That was 18 months ago. And uh, we've bought three communities here in Las Vegas. Uh, another one that we'll be closing on in a matter of weeks uh, in Kentucky. We've also our minor partners in two ground-up developments in uh, LA area, as well as partnered with uh, one of the largest affordable housing developers, and we're working on a community in North Las Vegas and Henderson, and we're also doing a, a master-planned community in uh, Ephraim, Utah. So we've been busy the last eight months and working uh, to uh, complete those projects and continue to look for additional uh, great projects. Nice. I love the just the mindset of of an entrepreneur that says, "Oh, well, sure." <laughs> You know, let's just, let's dive in there. Let's go tackle that. You know, that looks like something we can do. You know, let's go make that happen. And, and you all have obviously done that and are doing it, uh, you know, as we speak. So incredible. But let's jump in a little bit to, you know, the last few deals. You know, I know you have an ability to find off-market deals. I would love to hear some examples and, let, and us discuss that a little bit. Sure. So the first community we purchased was on the market. After we underwrote it and analyzed it, we uh, decided to purchase it, you know, raise the money through syndication, close the deal. And about two or three months later, the broker called and said, hey, I've got a friend that just purchased a community. His plan is to, uh, it's another 36 unit community. He plans to remodel it, but he'd be willing to wholesale it. Would you be interested in taking a look at it? So we said, sure, and went and looked at it, underwrote it, decided it was a good move. And we uh, purchased the property, uh, raised the money. We currently have a signed LOI to sell that property. We put about $300,000 into it, and we currently have an offer on the table, which we uh, have accepted, and uh, it'll give a good return to our investors. And so that same broker, again, three, four months later, came and said, hey, we've got uh, 210 units that are 
on uh, you know various different communities that are, are, are put together and owned by one uh, investor on the street over from you guys. Would you be interested? And we said, sure, let's uh, take a look at it. And the owner wanted to see proof of funds to take down 210 units, which at the time we couldn't do. So we said, well, let, look, let's peel off one of your communities here. Here's one with 28 units that's right behind ours. Would you be willing to peel that off and sell it to us? And he did. And so, but one of the best stories of uh, how we found a, an off-market deal was the only one that we've got under contract in Kentucky that we'll be closing on. This one came to us through a property manager that my partner, Mike, was familiar with. She actually brought us this property a year and a half ago, and it was the first property that we seriously looked at. And we have some great mentors, and they said, you know what? You guys are in Las Vegas. That property's a, a, a thousand miles away. It's a heavy lift. That might not be the first, uh, the first property you want to buy. So we thought that was good counsel, and we listened. Well, fast forward a year later, he's renovated 85% of the units, done just a marvelous job. And uh, that property manager called us back up and says, hey, he's ready to sell this. He wants to take his money and put it into a ground-up development that he's doing. They've done a beautiful job on the, uh, the renovations and the repositioning. Uh, but there were areas of opportunity for management uh, to tighten down some of the expenses and to increase occupancy. And so uh, we're moving forward and we'll close on that property here shortly. So that one came to us through a property manager. Just this week, I've had a call with uh, an insurance broker who said, hey, are you looking for additional properties? And I said, absolutely we are. He says, well, we do exclusively multifamily. And I frequently have people that I talk to, uh, our customers who say they're ready to sell. Do you mind if I send them your direction? I said, sure, absolutely. And so those are some of the methods that we've used to be able to find those off-market deals. So how did that, say, property manager and insurance broker, how did you develop that relationship with them so they knew that you all were buyers? Well, my partner, Mike Ballard, had a, uh, has had a relationship with this property manager for three or four years. But just once we started our own company, we let her know, hey, we know you're a quality property manager. Find us a property in your area that's right for us and we'll, we'll allow you to do the property management on it. Same thing with the uh, insurance broker. As I was shopping for insurance on this uh, new community that we're purchasing in Kentucky, I approached him about insurance and he says, well, are you in the, in, the, in the market to buy? And I said, absolutely, yes. And he said, well, let's see if we can hook you up with some of our clients that are ready to, to exit their properties. So it's just a matter of getting the word out. How did you and, and Mike educate yourself about you know, multifamily syndication to take that leap and say, sure, you know, let's go do this? How, how did you learn the business? Well, we went to a real estate class went there, learned everything that we could from them. And then we've just continued to educate ourselves as we, we move forward in the industry. We frequently attend real estate conferences throughout the country. It's one of the ways that we meet new people. It's one of the ways that we network. It's one of the ways that we syndicate and raise money is constantly out networking, go to those real estate events, meet folks, take them to lunch, take them to dinner. That's just how we've done it. In fact, a fun story, we always take folks out to dinner when we go to these real estate conferences and we always just invite folks that we meet and uh, we met somebody and they said, Hey, can I bring one of my friends? And they said, uh, we said, sure, bring them along. Uh, and that uh, individual happened to, to run a small family office and wound up to be one of our, our major investors in one of our, uh, our latest deals that we put together. So it's just wow. a matter of getting out, getting in front of people, continuing your education, but also building your network. That's interesting. Not just uh, you know bringing that one person, but saying, sure, bring, bring your friend as well. You never know who that's going to be. You bet. 
So learning the business, getting into this, let's talk about, you know, raising that capital for those four deals, uh, you know, and going way back, you know, initially, how, how did you, how did you raise the capital for the first project? My major concerns of getting into the business to begin with was how do, how do we raise money to purchase these properties? And so, you know, it starts with just a list of friends and family uh, going down and making that list, you know, picking up the phone, making the phone calls, creating a database of emails. And then as we go out and network through various different events, we continue to meet people. We always ask if they're all right, if we put them on our, in our distribution list for our emails, we send uh, periodic updates. And then if we've got new deals, we'll always send them an email and, and ask if they're interested in taking a look uh, at that particular opportunity. So just started with friends and family and then grew from, uh, from there as we met new and, and different folks in the industry. Nice. So what were those first, say, some conversations like when you're telling people, or maybe friends and family at first, and then later, you know, it's not as many friends and family or, or completely, but some of those conversations, what were those like when you're saying, okay, you know, now we're jumping into multifamily, you know, syndication or investing, you know, are they looking at you like, oh, Kevin, you know, I thought you did this over here or, you know, I didn't know you were in this kind of business. Oh, absolutely. Lots of those conversations. You know, and I started off with uh, sending out an email saying, hey, I've sold my company and here's the next thing I'm off to and uh, being involved in. And if you have an interest or would like us to share any opportunities with you, please let us know. And so a lot of people uh, responded to that. Uh, That was probably the genesis of our list. And then, uh, you know, you just call up and and just folks that, you know, there's a a relationship of trust, but uh, they also want to see, okay, well, let's uh, let's see you do a few of these and be successful first. So. The thing that we've found is that now that we've got four properties under our belt and we'll be exiting our first property here soon, finding that it's getting easier to raise funds as we have that experience under our belt and people can see that we're, we're serious about what we do and uh, you know, we've given our investors a, a good ROI, a good return on their money. So we're finding that it's a little bit easier now to raise money after 18 months than it was uh, the second month. What are some challenges now that you all are experiencing now that you've, you know, you kind of got established, you've done a few deals, you know, your investor base is probably growing or getting more referrals now, getting a little more comfortable in doing deals. But what are some challenges now that you're facing? Well, COVID has certainly presented uh, some challenges to us. The latest property that we purchased was uh, purchased on March 18th, just before things begin to shut down. And uh, this one does require repositioning and remodeling. Anytime you buy a new property, there's always tenants that are going to have to be spun out as you're, as you're remodeling and then raising those, uh, those rental rates to the market rates. So there's always some tenants that are going to need to be spun out. But the problem was is that we've got, we're under an eviction moratorium. And so we've, uh, you know, we've had in this particular property, we've had probably about four tenants that have not made any payments since uh, the beginning of, of the COVID shutdown. So that's been a, a bit of a challenge. And then also getting the remodels done, finding uh, the workers and getting that done during the pandemic has, has been a bit of a challenge. So we're a little bit, uh, we've been delayed in our timeline for that particular property. The good news is we always raise extra capital reserves. So that there is some type of a, uh, an emergency or some type of a, an issue like this that we're, we're not cash crunched. And so We've done that with this property and all of our other properties. So we've been able to weather the storm of COVID-19 when some of our neighbors 
may not have, have, have fared quite as well. So how, how are you dealing with the four tenants that have made no payments or have you been able to evict them now? Well, we were planning to start on that immediately, but our governor here in Nevada just announced yesterday that there's an uh, that he's extending the uh, the moratorium for 45 days. So, you know, there's not a lot we can do. We don't want to put these people out on the street during COVID-19. We're working with them and encouraging them to use some of the uh, the CARES Act money that's available. You know, some of them are 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 willing to let us help them, and others. Strangely enough, it's hard to get a hold of them and hard to contact them. So it's hard to help somebody if they aren't willing to put in a little bit of effort themselves. But we'll just have to weather the storm a little bit longer for the next uh, 45 days. And then even at that point, we want to negotiate with these people. Again, we're not looking to put anybody on the street or anything like that. So we'll, we want to negotiate with these folks and see if we can find terms for them to be able to come current on their payments. So, you know, we've had to be patient and just uh, work with uh, folks as best we can. And certainly those who are interested in working with us, we can always uh, come up with a solution. Those who uh, ignore us and and don't want to work with us, that's a little bit harder. You mentioned you always raise extra capital reserves. Do you have a way uh, of calculating that or saying, okay, we always want this much, you know, reserves in the bank at closing, or do you have some way that, you know, if we have this much, I'm, I'm comfortable moving forward? So we always look to raise at least two to three months of operating expense. So we go to our pro forma and find out what our annual uh, uh, expenses are and then divide that number by four and that'll give us a three-month cushion. In addition to that, we always raise the extra funds that we need to be able to do the repositioning, remodel the units, et cetera. So if things get tight, we can always take some of those funds that uh, are earmarked for remodeling. We can always slow that process down just a little bit if necessary. But as far as working capital reserves, we always want at least two, if not three months uh, operating expenses in the bank. Nice. Uh, now that you've done a few deals, is there anything differently that you would have done on your first deal? Oh, yeah. You always learn as you go. I think uh, that we would have uh, underwritten a little bit differently, perhaps a, a bit more conservatively. I think we probably would have budgeted a little bit more for repositioning, uh, for remodeling and for some emergencies. You know, that property, we still have a very nice cushion and a very nice fund, but we probably would have uh, budgeted a little bit more for improving and enhancing the units. Kevin, what, what's been the hardest part of the syndication journey or process for you? Uh, you know, the hardest part is just finding the right people, f- finding the folks that can help you, but you just keep turning over stones and looking uh, in every little corner and crack, and you always wind up finding those people that can help you, that are willing to invest with you. And uh, we've had a couple that we uh, of syndications that we came right down to the wire on a closing date. And uh, just generally a few days before, we were always able to find someone that was willing to come in and, and make up the difference on the, the funds that we were short. So it's just a matter of being consistent, just work the plan, keep contacting people, keep looking for those new investors, keep creating those relationships. And we found that everything always comes together and, uh, and uh, we work it all out. What's a way that you're, you're prepared moving forward for the next downturn? Well, one of the things that we're doing is we're being much more conservative in our underwriting, looking to hold properties a little bit longer than we were originally and initially. So that's one of the things that we're doing is, is uh, again, being conservative. The other thing is 
you know, always making sure that we raise those extra funds so we've got a rainy day fund so that uh, when we do run into those bumps or there is a downturn in the economy, just make sure you've raised enough capital to be able to, to get you over that, uh, over that hump. Is there a way that you've recently improved your business that we could also apply to ours? Automation. As we meet more people and we grow our database, we're using uh, some software that allows us to send out emails in a bigger group, but also allows us to be able to uh, you know, tell who's opened those, those emails and how long they might have spent with those emails. Uh, and that allows us to know who's interested so we can know who to pick up the phone and call. And so just utilizing technology and working our database has been something that we are, are improving as we, as we move and, and go on down the road. Can you share any software or tools that you're using to do that? Sure, sure. So the software that we use is SharpSpring. And then we've got a consultant that we use that helps us with that, that just does a super and a marvelous job. But uh, yeah, SharpSpring is what we've used and it's been very beneficial to us. Interesting. I've not heard of that one before. Uh, And what does it do for you? So we can send out, you know, we can prepare an email and then send it to our entire database. But it allows us to see exactly when someone opens an email, how long they've spent looking at that email. It will actually notify us if they go to our website and check out our website. It will give us all of the percentages of how many emails were opened, how many were not opened, and you know all of those analytics that help us to be able to do a better job in our, in our prospecting. What's your best source for meeting new investors? You know, our best source is probably the real estate conferences that we go to. We go out to INM is one of the conferences that we go to regularly. Also, uh, we're local members of the RIA organization here in Las Vegas. We've found great uh, folks there and investors there. But I'd say probably the, uh, the real estate conferences that we travel to around the country. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Well, the number one thing that's contributed to our success is probably great mentors. Good people who have helped us along the way and given us advice. The second thing would probably be hard work and tenacity, just staying after it and not giving up when you have a hard day or when things don't go exactly your way. Well, you mentioned mentors, such a key point in in any, I think, entrepreneur's growth or most people's growth, especially in business. You know, how many or when does someone need a new mentor? I know you've had numerous businesses and been an entrepreneur a long time, but when do you suggest somebody needs maybe the next level mentor? You know, you kind of grow and what's your thoughts on that? Well, we've had uh, we've had some great mentors, some that first got us started and then more uh, recently. I've had a great mentor down in uh, the Austin, Texas area that's kind of taken us under his wing and has given us some great advice and even partnered with us on this uh, deal in Kentucky that we're working on. And so we, uh, we appreciate all those who have helped us along our way. And just as you, as you hit a new plateau and a new challenge that maybe some of your current mentors haven't experienced, then it's time to look out for new folks and who may have experienced that and may be able to give you some uh, additional advice on top of what your current mentors can offer to you. Kevin, how do you like to give back? Giving back, you know, a lot of folks have mentored us. And so we've now started to mentor a few folks. We still have a lot to learn. And so we know that we, uh, uh, we, we can help folks to a certain degree and to a certain point. But that's one thing that we've been doing now is, uh, is being able to mentor some other folks. Another way that I give back is through uh, service uh, to, to my church and the community here through uh, contributions of uh, both time and, and finances. So that's, uh, that's my major way of giving back, helping other folks, 
in the business and in the community and in our in our church. Nice. So, Kevin, I appreciate you sharing that and giving back to us today and, and just sharing how you found some off-market deals and through through relationships, you know, with people in the business uh, and just the importance of those and how you guys started raising money for those deals through friends and family and then growing to other people as well and some even some challenges through COVID. Uh, so grateful for your time. Uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Fantastic. You can uh, reach out to me at my email address, which is Kevin at Camino Verde group.com. You can also find us at our website, which is www.caminoverdigroup.com. That's where you can contact us. Love to hear from you. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.